excited for tonight's show here in New York? Sure. Home home show. Always yeah. excited for those. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you don't get to do many of them, right? Is this no. your first North American tour? Uh, yes. This is a headlining act, yeah. So Very did, cool. Uh, the whole West Coast and all the shows sold out, and now they're all selling out here on the East Coast, so it's kind of blowing my mind a little bit. Never expected to sell out shows? No. Not this rate, no. Not this quickly either. And how many shows have you had so far? I don't know. <laughs> Enough that they're all selling out. Yeah. Try to count on my fingers, but I don't remember. <laughs> Where were you last before Boston. this? Boston. How was that show? It was good. Yeah. It was a really great show, yeah. Really Boston seems to pull in some um, some good artists and crowds. They do, because it's actually a big music city. Your music is really bluesy. Mm -hmm. What uh, influences drew you to sort of that sound? Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, Eric Clapton, like the guitar playing specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wes Montgomery. Um, those would be kind of the bluesiest of the sound that I listen to. Junior Kimbrough. And you also like combine that with very emotional lyrics and like heavy bass tones. I know you were a producer before you were a musician, but yes. like tell me more about how you chose that blend of like Eric Clapton-esque blues and like these deep electronic notes. Uh, I was always really into sort of very heavy electronic stuff. Um, so like Oliver and like those type of like mm -hmm. bases. So I guess one day I kind of, you know, through influences of people I heard starting to do it like dark side and stuff. Uh, I decided to sort of put my guitar, which I've been playing since I was a kid, over my productions finally, which I had like never done. And um, I didn't want to do anything with saw wave synths and make like future bass thing that everyone else was making. So it was just like, let me put a simple heavy ass bass and put a guitar line over and that should be enough. Mm -hmm. You know, because melody is what captures people rather than like insane production. I mean, like production could be screwed up and horrible, but if the vision's cool, people are still gonna listen to it. Yeah, definitely. I'd say that captures your music pretty well. Yeah. You dropped the music video for I Feel Like I'm Drowning. Yes, sir. It looked like a really, really involved production. Can yeah. you tell me more about what it was like acting and trying to make this video as insanely um, like visual as it was? I'm obviously not an actor, so it was kind of difficult uh, to put together. Luckily, I had a bunch of people who were super talented. Actually, Apso Facto, the gentleman opening for me, mm -hmm. was the one who directed it and came up with the idea and everything. So we kind really of worked cool. together creatively in different ways. Yeah. Um, so like, I kind of had like an idea sparked, and we went through it and took a couple weeks of planning. Um, we actually executed the video in like eight, ten hours. Wow, that's yeah, really in fast. LA. Yeah. So yeah. I just flew out there for like I don't know, eighteen hours, and flew back. Tell me about what the video was from well, infancy to what it ended up being. Initially, we wanted it to be something where I was being like drowned underwater, but uh, I don't think the budget for that was approved. And also, it came close to a different video that was made in the 90s. Ah. of what band. So we kind of just kept slowly altering and altering it. And actually, the way the video came out was not at all how we thought it was going to come out when we were shooting it. We didn't like what we initially did. So. Mm -hmm. uh, through a team of like editors and stuff, they sort of just redid the whole thing. Is that how they got to like the kaleidoscope-esque? Yeah, none of that was planned really at yeah. all. Yeah, so it just kind of fell into place. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, this is Huff, he plays in my band. Oh, Huff. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Huff. Yeah. What's it like having a live band instead of just the production that you're doing on your own? Uh, it's much more comfortable and I think much more interactive. 
on stage, so it's uh, we keep it really just him over here, um, mm -hmm. launching all the, the my beats, and you know he plays he's grown into a very well, good drummer and keys, and like you know as he adds a lot of energy to the show, and it gives me kind of room since we don't have a full band to run up and down on the stage and like, yeah. kind of make it like a more intimate uh, experience. And how did you and Huff meet? Through a mutual friend, actually. I was looking for someone to help me play my music live, because uh -huh. I didn't want to do it by myself. I had tried, and I couldn't get it the way I wanted. So uh, a friend of mine uh, told me about him, who was always, he was working in Ableton and knows his stuff about, you know, live rigs and all that. So mm -hmm. he kind of, uh, we connected oh, oh, almost last, almost a year, almost two years. It'll be two years in June, July, right? Yeah, yeah that's when I met you with Brendan, yeah. So then, and then, uh, you know, a couple months later, I was like, let's do this. And we kind of put everything together from there. Yeah. Speaking of the live set, when you're touring, you're obviously busy, but is that like the only thing on your mind? The day to day of like writing music or doing other stuff, is that sort of lost in the shuffle while you're touring or do you find time to break away? You don't find time to do anything. Uh, you play, a sh you, you know, we sit in this green room and we set up our stuff, do sound checks, sit around, do interviews, stuff like that. Play the show. Pack, you know, the show ends at 11, 11.30, whatever. Uh, pack up, drive for an hour and a half on the highway, sleep at a hotel, wake up the next day at like eight, drive for a couple hours and set up again. You can't really do anything else, so. You got your start with music as a producer mm -hmm. and you do your own work. Do you think at this point in your career you enjoy producing more than you do performing or like what is that for you I like? I like a performance if it goes well. Okay. There's nothing more fun than that. Um, but it very often doesn't. You know, we have in-ears, so sometimes the mix in my in-ears will be fucked, so it can sound good to everybody else in the audience, but to me it'll sound horrible on the <laughs> stage, so I don't know if people are liking it or not, so I just have to guess and act pretty much the whole time while I'm up there. Mm -hmm. It's very uncomfortable. If it sounds good in my ears, sometimes it sounds good in your ears, and it doesn't sound good out there, and you don't know. So it's like, shows can go bad. Uh, sometimes your ears go out, or sometimes a pedal stops working, or mm -hmm. the string breaks, or the audience. It's fucking crazy if you play at like a club. Like yeah. That clubs because people. It, it's club dancing. It seems like a surprising type of venue to pull in your act at. Yeah, it is. And the club promoters, when we show up with like a guitar, are always like, wait, what the fuck? But uh, it ends up working out. Um, but yeah, so we played all sorts of venues. Um, and, um, you know, shows can go good or bad. If a show goes good, it's the best thing ever. But the one thing that's consistently awesome is producing and writing music. So if I had to pick which one I liked more, it would be definitely be producing. So your your songs, like I mentioned earlier, they have like, I wouldn't call them heavy lyrics, but they're definitely emotional. What are you drawing on for that inspiration in a lot of your songs? Like say, you know, Twisted, or like Your Mother Was Cheaper. Real like, life experience. Real life experiences. Usually. Yeah. yeah. Um, if something strikes me while I'm walking or I'm walking on the train and I hear someone say a phrase that I think is interesting, I'll write it down in my phone, mm -hmm. keep it, spark an idea for later, just use, you know, real past experiences, Yeah, real, you know, things that have actually happened to you. So that's the only way you can draw something that um, people actually find genuine, or else yeah. it sounds super fake, like subconsciously people know, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I think that's very true. Yeah. Is there a place you go to here in the city for inspiration? Like when you need to break away, is there a spot you go to? I wouldn't say so. That's an interesting question. I. I guess if I need to break away, I just try to go out. Um, I try not to go out that much, man, because, you know, at one point in my life, I didn't have any money. I couldn't go out. If my friends would say, hey, come downtown, I lived in Harlem, 
mm-hmm. come downtown, you know, to chill, be like, I can't, I can't pay two fifty for a subway ride. Yeah. So it's like I'm not used to that. So I kind of just work in my home. But if I need to escape and find something, nowadays it's different. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'll go out with my friends or go to a bar by myself and listen to people talk and try mm-hmm. to just absorb interactions. A lot of artists nowadays they sort of seem to want to be in the spotlight all the time but you're a very low-key guy from all observations do you think that keeping that low-key persona despite your success has been difficult to maintain as your work has been recognized and yeah, as it's grown I hate it. you kind of hate it tell yeah. me more it's it's very uncomfortable to slowly be walking around and get noticed and shit it's not like the greatest feeling and i can only imagine you know how to get as time moves on you know because yeah. That's never what I want. I actually always wanted to be a pop or like somebody who just was behind the scenes and yeah. for other people and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, one thing leads to another. Something takes off online dramatically and everything yeah. starts taking off online and then you're in a position where you're sort of stuck, but you know, going to a coffee shop to sit for two seconds and try to like ignore people and then have someone come over and say, oh, you creepy, it's sort of frustrating. And, and I'm at a very slow level where it's like very small. Yeah. I can't imagine as you get bigger and bigger, how it is. So I, I try to avoid it. I, honestly, lots of times I fucking hate this shit, but you gotta make money one way or another. What are you expecting from the show tonight? Like, do you have people you know coming to the show? Tell me like what you're expecting of it. Well, I was born here in New York. Mm-hmm. I grew up here in New York. Um, so I got a lot of family coming, a lot of friends, old friends. My label is located in New York, Republic Records. Mm-hmm. Uh, my management team is located in New York. Everybody's bringing somebody. Um, it almost feels more like a showcase than a show. Like, like yeah, you're showing the yeah. people that already know about it. Yeah, it's like exactly. You show, you know, you go to the Midwest and you play Indianapolis, or you know, you play some of the smaller cities, Philadelphia, even even though it's not really a small city, but like Atlanta and the South, anywhere that's not attached, like New York or LA or mm-hmm. Chicago, even. They're real shows. It's yeah. all fans. There's no industry people there. It's all kids. And everyone's, there's just a totally different energy than they'll have tonight. I'm not saying I'm not looking forward to tonight, but I'm definitely... <laughs> You're on show. Yeah, it feels more like a showcase than a show. Sure. Yeah, a little uh- less fun. Is it easier to connect with the fans when they're total strangers and you're not really thinking about it? No, oh, it's absolutely more easy to connect with people who don't know you in the weirdest way ever when you're on stage because they can invent their own image of who you are in their head while people who know you already know you. And they're mm-hmm. just like, okay, I'm just seeing him do his thing. So it's totally different. So it, do you think it's more intimidating to go in with this sort of expectation that it's sort of a showcase and you've got a lot of eyeballs on you? I wouldn't say I'm more nervous for shows like this because at the end of the day, I don't really give a shit. I don't, I don't care about any of these fucking industry people. I'm like, fuck, man. You go from being poor and someone says, here's a check for a lot of money. We'll you know, work for us. What are you gonna say if you live on $3 a day? Right. Ask people for a dollar on the street for money, you know, for coffee or something. So it's like, I take their money, I make music for myself. I don't care if they like it or not. I don't care if they like the show or not. Mm-hmm. Fucking come if you wanna like present yourself as something and then get the fuck out of my way. The gaining that sort of perspective having come from like a point where you were living on a few dollars a day to now, has it changed your day to day as a person? Um. No, oh, besides I eat better, so that, that's about it. Uh, yeah, I eat better, and uh, if I want to go somewhere, I can go somewhere instead of you know walking or having to stay home because I don't have any money. 
Didn't change your personality in any way, your no, friends? not my friends, not my personality. Um, the only thing that's probably changed my personality is this because it's fucking stressful as hell. So like, you know, you the have to... shows or the interviews? Not, no, not this. I mean like big picture yeah. this. You know what I mean? Yep, it's not everything. Every, all day, 24-7. It's 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job. It's like... How is it stressful when you're not performing? What are some of the things that kind of weigh on you? It's never ending. Uh, it seems to just be increasing in pace too. So it's, yeah. if you're not performing, you're preparing to perform or you're preparing to write music and you have deadlines for music and you know, there are things you have to do. You have to go to meetings, you have to talk to people, you know, you have to manage your social, although I don't do that anymore besides Twitter. Cool. Um, which is why it's kind of the craziest one. <laughs> Twitter doesn't like you? No, I think my team probably is like, you oh, we should watch what he tweets. Uh, okay. Yeah. When you have an, like, internet presence like you do and you know everybody and their mom and their strangers are weighing in on you do you take any stock into what's being said about you do you check in on any of that like you can't or you go insane like think about it yeah i mean i can't imagine if just fielding criticism or praise all the time and no, having to keep up with it you learn in the beginning you do and then very quickly then like three months you start being like what the fuck they don't give a shit. You can't. I just sometimes pretend that I don't have any fans, nobody exists, and I'm just doing what I'm doing. 